the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you. Find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we hear the last message in a series called, In This We Trust, as Pastor Sean asks a few game-changing questions. What does generosity look like to you? What if you knew for certain that God would provide your every need? How would that change the way you give to others? Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led right now to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then we hope you do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. The name of this message is called The Power of Generosity. Pastor Sean is teaching from Philippians chapter 4 and Matthew 6. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. Our, Our series that we're in, in fact we're wrapping up today, is called In This We Trust. And this we trust. And I want to encourage you, the, the messages have kind of built on one another, so if you haven't been a part, maybe, or you've missed some, go to reallife.org or go to the app and check them out online. You can kind of see where we've been. We've been really talking about this issue of trusting God with this area that is so present and prevalent in our lives, and that is our resources, our money, our stuff, because that's how we meet our needs. And for so many of us, it's an area of a, often a lot of struggle and failure. And that's not God's design. And we began with the idea that we can trust him. He is our provider. We looked at Matthew chapter 6, and we saw that he is trustworthy. And freedom, all kinds of freedom, including financial freedom, begins by trusting him as your provider. And that really is a foundation for all the other discussions. Then we talked about stewardship, how everything that we have is a 70, 80, 90-year loan, however long we live, it's a loan. We come in with nothing, we leave with nothing. And stewardship is aligning with that reality and understanding the truth of that statement. It sets you free. We talked about the covenant of the tithe as a covenant of God's provision and bringing yourself under the canopy of his protection and provision when it comes to resources. We talked about budgeting. We used the little equation, 10, 10, 80. Tithe 10, save 10, live off of 80. Tithe 10, save 10, live off of 80. And we saw how that's really a plan to become free, which is the goal, to not be bound by resources, not be a slave to resources, but to be free. And then, of course, some people say, well, I can't live off of 80. That's ridiculous. And so last week we talked about contentment. The center of God's heart when it comes to resources is this idea of contentment. Because when you're content, it's as though you are rich because your sense is, man, God's given me everything I need. I'm full. I don't have to go and strive. I don't have to have more. And all of us in all kinds of vision, all kinds of energy are freed up to pursue and become everything that God has created you to be. That's the gift of contentment. Now, in all of these conversations, and really when you think about it, every conversation we have here, there's this presupposition, this idea of the spiritual world. 
What you believe about the spiritual world will determine how you, how you address and how you deal with everything that we discuss here. You know, if you, if you believe that this world is all there is, the physical, natural world, then all that we've been talking about really is just feel-good posturing. And so much of what we talk about is, but if you understand there is a spiritual world, and it is real, it is vibrant, there is an eternity, and it's not, it's not figurative. It's not just some sort of metaphor for good feelings, but it's real. That changes how you approach the Word of God, how you approach our faith, and it changes how you approach the subject. We're going to see that today. If you have your Bibles, turn real quickly over to Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians 4, Paul is presenting the idea of two economies, and I want you to see this. It's like there's these parallel economies. Now, we read from Philippians 4 last week. You remember what Paul said talking about contentment? He said, I've learned the secret of being content in whatever situation I find myself, whether a lot or a little, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Well, here's something else he said in that same passage, beginning at 14. He said, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. He's commending the Philippian church, Church Philippi, for their generosity to him. He's writing from prison, and they have been generous in supporting him. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. In other words, they supported him on his missionary journeys, planting churches throughout the region. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. And look what he says. He says, not that I'm looking for a gift. Because remember, he said he's content. He's learned the secret of being content, whether he's got a lot or a little. So he says, not that I'm looking for the gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. Make note of that idea. I'm looking for what may, may be credited to your account. I've received full payment, even more. I am amply supplied. There's that contentment again. Now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So there's this idea of two economies, and he really brings it out with this phrase. You remember what he said? Not that I'm looking for the gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. What account? You mean I have an account? For some of you, that's really good. He's like, well, I, I only have like one account, and it's empty. So this is like really good news. I have another account. He's talking about this, this second economy. Now, we've said throughout this series a phrase several times, and we've talked about it different ways. You can't take it with you. Can't take it with you. You brought nothing in. We're going to leave with nothing. Well, I want to amend that just a little bit. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19 through 20. He said this, don't store up for yourself. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But he went on. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. I want to suggest that what you're about to receive is some guaranteed investment advice. It is so good, it should be illegal. Okay? Because you are technically going to be getting some insider information. You will be, when you act on this, you are technically entering into insider trading, which is illegal. But I'm not going to report you, okay? In fact, we're going to probably have to edit this out of the live stream, okay, and the videos. We can't put it on the radio. Who knows what will happen? Guaranteed investment advice, and it is insider information. Jesus told you something. He's telling you the future, and it is 100% accurate. He says, moths and rust will destroy 
thieves will break in and steal. It will happen. One day, all your stuff is not going to be yours. This is guaranteed. And here's the investment advice. With that reality in mind, what Jesus is saying to you is it's true, you can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. You can't take it with you. That's true. You cannot take it with you, but you can send it ahead. Don't store it up here on earth where it will be destroyed, but store it up in heaven where moth, rust, thieves cannot get to it. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. In fact, we are commanded to send it ahead. And here's how. Here's how he said, look what he said in Matthew 19, 21. He says, go sell your possessions and give to the poor. Note the word, give. Sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Look what he says, Matthew 10, 42. He says, and if anyone gives, there's that word again, even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. There is a reward awaiting those who give. That's what Paul was referring to when he said, I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. You gave, and it's not about the gift, but it is what may be credited to your account. Giving is how we send it ahead. That's what the biblical economy is trying to teach us. There is a dynamic. And if we believe in the spiritual reality, if we believe in eternity, this is literal truth. It's not just catch a little phrase to make us feel better about being generous. It's the truth. Giving is how we send it ahead. The truth is, at some point, we are all going to realize our money, our money and all that we have is kind of like Monopoly money. Anybody like Monopoly? Anyone? Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's fun, okay? In the very rare occasions, if you have time to really play a full game of Monopoly, which was like three days, is that, I mean, it kind of takes a long time if you really play the game, okay? Um, But it can be fun to take over the world and crush the opposition, okay? Especially when it's the people you love most in the world, you know? I'm sorry, Mom, but it's mine, (laughs) To watch your mom slowly, and, and to watch your loved ones, their little pile slowly dwindle, and you, <laughs> okay? There is fun in that, all right? Conquer the world, crush the opposition. Yeah, it can be fun. But remember, it's just a game. It is just a game, and you would be wise to keep that in mind. Here's a secret, and you need to know this. If... Instead of crushing the, all the opposition, crushing the world, if you let your wife have boardwalk, you take it, baby. Let her have park place, too. You have both of those, baby. It's fun. You want some utilities, honey? I've got four. Take them all. They're all for you, baby. Do you realize what you've just done with generosity? You have just converted Monopoly money, which is going back in the box after the game, and you know it. You've converted into real currency later on. Gentlemen, you know what I'm talking about. You have just, really, you have just made it almost come alive out of the Monopoly box, and now it's real because you showed a kindness to your wife. That's what he's talking about. Monopoly is just Monopoly, and it's going back in the box. You would, you know, I know you think you're like this sultan, you know. You're this great land baron, but you're not. You're the guy who just crushed everybody at Monopoly, but, you know, after it's over, you know, everybody's got to do the dishes anyway. It doesn't matter. But that's what our stuff is like. That's what he's talking about. Our stuff is temporal. It's all going back in the box. 
at some point. That's just the truth. It's empirically true. But when we give to things that are eternal, we have literally created and generated eternal currency that lives on beyond the resource itself. Martin Luther said, I've held many things in my hand. I've lost them all. But whatever I've placed in God's hands, that I still possess. What Jesus is trying to say to you is don't squander it all here. Take some with you. Don't squander. We know. We know we can't take it with us physically. But we can send it on ahead. That's what he's saying. And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called The Power of Generosity. The series is called In This We Trust, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And Pastor Sean Azaro, now an author, invites you to check out his brand new book. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now back to the message, The Power of Generosity. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. And here's a principle I want you to kind of remember and just write it down. This is our main point. If I keep it, I lose it. If I give it, I keep it. If I keep it, I lose it. And that's just empirically true. But if I give it, what Jesus is saying is I get to keep it. There is something that happens. Very powerful idea. Now, if you have your Bibles, and I really want you to follow along with this one because I'm going to read about 10 verses but I want you to be able to go back and look at this. So if you have a paper Bible, leather bound, I don't care, digital, um, using the app, whatever. I want you to follow along in a copy of the scriptures because I want you to see this. Paul gives an entire seminar on generosity in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 9. I'm going to begin reading at verse 6. But Paul gives so much truth, we're not going to be able to even to cover all of it adequately, but we're going to cover a lot. But I want you to be able to see it. So 2 Corinthians 9, I'm going to begin with verse 6. Look what it says. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now this is just basic common sense. To an agrarian culture, they realize you take a few little seeds and put them in the ground, all you're going to get is a few little plants. That's it. But if you take a lot of seed and pour it over a big field, and cultivate it well, you're going to get an entire crop, a harvest. It's just the way it works. Whoever sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
And now he's talking about giving, being generous. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give. Look at this. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. That's why I don't want us to be pushing people with shame or trying to embarrass people into giving or trying to, you know, you owe it, you owe God. You, I, I, he really wants you to give as a cheerful giver. See, he wants to do a work in our heart that changes us, that does something in us to where we love to give, not under compulsion, not reluctantly. God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You think he's serious? He's pretty emphatic here. In all things, all times, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. He's serious. And it all starts with this idea, God making all grace abound to you. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now, and look at this. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. That is such a powerful verse. He who supplies seed for the sower. See, remember, it all starts with him. He's the one who supplies seed for the sower. And he wants to increase your store of seed. What what we're saying there is God is the one who wants you to be generous and to give, to sow seed, so to speak. But he's the one who gave you the seed in the first place. It's like when you give your kid money to buy you a Christmas present. You know? And you know you gave them 20 bucks and they bought you a $10 gift. You're like, what the heck? (laughs) Seriously? I saw the sale rack with you. I mean, I'm glad you're smart and you're shopping, but come on. <laughs> Understand, he gave it all. He's, one, he's given us all the seed, right? He gives it to us, and then he says, give it. And he says, he's, and he will also increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest or the fruit of your righteousness. Look at this. You will be made rich in every way. Some of you want me to stop there so you can go home. Mm, that's all I wanted to hear. I'll be made rich in every way. Preach that, preacher. Remember, what he's talking about here is not, he's not promising material wealth by our world's standards to every person. What we did say is God wants every person to prosper. And that means he wants you to be blessed and to have everything you need, regardless of how much or how little you may have in the bank. That's what we're talking about. All your needs met and plenty left over to give. That's what we're talking about. You will be made rich in every way. So that, so important, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you prove yourself, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Let me pray for us. Jesus, I ask that you'd speak to us. I ask that you would do a work in our hearts. Help us to become more like you in this area of openness and generosity. Your word is powerful. Help us to trust you enough to put it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, a couple points we want to bring out, okay, that Paul 
brings out for us, okay? First, generosity is my response to the generosity of God. Generosity is my response to the generosity of God. Here's the deal. God's nature is to give, and God gave first. Some of you need to write that down right now in your margins. God gave first. In fact, say it with me. God gave first. That's what we have to understand. No matter how generous we are, we are giving seed that he gave us. He gave first. All of it. Everything that I have is a gift from the Lord. Scripture says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. He gave, he gave it everything that I have. Any talents I have, God gave those to me. Connections and relationships, God allowed them. those people. They're his people. He made them and he brought them into my life. Opportunities, God opened those opportunities. Understand something. I am his. In fact, I am his twice and so are you. He created us. So he gave us life. When I sinned, in rebellion, and turn my back on him, he made a way through Jesus Christ to buy my life back. He bought my redemption for me. So really, he gave me my life back twice. Everything I have is his. I'm his. God gave first. It's one of the early passages of Scripture, Genesis 129. God gave man every plant to eat from. He just gave. That's what he does. One of our favorite Bible verses that we love to quote, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the nature of our God. That's who he is. That's his character. I love Acts 17, 25. They're saying, and he, God, is not served by humans' hands as if he needed anything. Because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. I, I get really nervous when maybe it's we preachers or people somehow we we get this idea that we we need to give to the things of god because god needs some help you know he's hit some hard times he's you know he's struggling a little bit and you know he gave you life and everything so come on pony up for god help him out help him out of a spot how ridiculous is that that's what that's what we're being told He, he didn't need anything from us god's not broke He gave us everything. Our generosity is at at its base level a response of gratitude for his generosity. Look what Paul writes to Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who, look what he does, richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That's who our God is. And we look at that and go, command those who are rich. Oh, glad he's not talking to me. You remember? Okay, who's rich? Whoever has more than me, right? But we have to understand, by world standards, everyone in this room is doing really well. And God has uh, been really good to us. And he richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. It's funny. I think sometimes we get the wrong view of God when we began this ministry, before even the church, it was just a ministry called Real Life Ministries, and we began ministry in the inner city. And, you know, the people we were ministering to, we were ministering to a housing project. They didn't have any resources, and we didn't ask them for any. We didn't ask for support. They didn't have anything, and that was, that was what we expected. So there was no resource from the actual ministry, but typically you have kind of a whole fundraising arm of a ministry that helps raise money for something like that. And God said to us, I don't want you to do that. He allowed us to share the vision very selectively with a few people. But he said, no, I don't want you to do fundraising like that. Nothing like that at all. He said, I want to teach you that I'm going to provide for you. 
And it's like, oh man, God, that's awesome. That's awesome. But, you know, my kids, they've got this addiction to like meals. Like every day they want several of them. They're just weird that way. And so I kind of am like, okay, God, well, all right, um, how are we going to get paid? Well, he says, I'm going to provide. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So how much am I going to get paid? You know, I'm just wanting, I'm wanting to know, right? How much am I going to get paid? And God said, oh, no worries. I got you. A hundred percent. Yes, your pay is going to be 100 percent. Oh, good. Thank you, God. Um, let me ask you another way. Um, after I've been paid, how much will I have? He said, oh, no problem. You'll have enough. Okay. I'll get paid 100% and I'll have enough. God, that's not going to look great on a mortgage application. Okay? It's my pay, 100%. What's my savings? Enough. Okay? I just don't know that they're, I don't know that they're actually going to go for that. God's like, well, then maybe you shouldn't worry about it right now. And, and what was interesting is it, it, it's like, okay, and I'd grown up in some hardcore, you know, I, I told you, I grew up Pentecostal, which is like hardcore church, right? Okay, there's regular church, there's easygoing church, and then there's Pentecostal church, hardcore church, you know? So I was like, okay, man, I can, I can, I can do this. I can go, go Spartan, go hard for Jesus, expecting kind of that. And, and what's interesting is we never missed a meal, ever missed a meal. Had a roof over our head all the time. Always had transportation to get wherever we needed. Food. Clothing. All of our needs were met completely. What surprised me was the just gifts and blessings God would give. The stuff that we didn't necessarily need. He didn't, certainly didn't owe it to us, but it was just, I began to get this sense. He is my father and he loves to bless his children. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series, in this we trust it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd appreciate your feedback. You can leave us a note on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.